0: Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com.
2: And welcome back to Overnight America. This will be a fun hour. He's an Illinois Bigfoot hunter. He's gone on many different sightings and has found many things and has heard many things as well. Stan Courtney joins us. Hello Stan, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Thanks for doing this. It was from a listener recommendation. Someone you've been friends with for what 40 years now it seems like. And right. I got to say, I'm excited for this. I How long have you been in the the lookout for Bigfoot?
3: Well, I had my first encounter in 1967 in Oregon. And here mm-hmm. in Illinois, I've been active since 2003.
2: Okay. So you had an encounter back into the 1960s, and right. ever since then, what's the goal for you? Have you been trying to find Bigfoot?
3: I, I guess everybody's goal is to see one.
2: So how, what was your encounter? Did you see Bigfoot, or did you hear, or did you smell no. Bigfoot?
3: No, I've, I've seen four in the daytime, uh, mm-hmm. three three in Illinois, and
4: um uh, what part? Yeah,
3: they were all um uh, they were all close up and it mm-hmm. was just uh just just a mistake where they didn't uh they didn't expect to see me and I didn't expect to see them.
2: Were you specifically trying to look for a Bigfoot? Or was right. it just by accident you just happened to be in the woods and then no. there there's one.
3: No, I I have these different areas I go and, and, and hike, and uh, I'm big-time into birding, so I usually do that and then, uh, keep my ears open at the same time.
2: What part of Illinois did you spot these Bigfoot?
3: Well, one one here in central Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, one up in Seneca, Illinois, which is up on, on the Illinois River, uh, up in northern Illinois, and then one, one down in Murfreesboro. Mm.
2: What are the conditions that are ripe to find a Bigfoot?
3: I, I think the number one thing is just to be in a wooded area. And uh, uh, kind of things we have learned over time is that uh, these things aren't, they, they don't necessarily live in the wilderness. They they live live on the edges of town. Uh, I I did an interview with a guy on a radio station in Chicago who was a real skeptic, and the next day he saw one near the uh, I can't remember the name of that zoo downtown, Hmm. and uh,
2: so what so uh, what does a bigfoot look like? Because you said you've encountered and seen them. Do they all look alike? No,
3: um, you know when I first got in, in, into this and started interviewing people, m- my thought was they'd look like gorillas, and they don't. Uh, one guy told me he says, "Well, it looks like a caveman," and uh, that that's probably the best description—that they're uh, they're more human looking. But they come in all sizes, from uh, uh, super super skinny to super muscular.
2: Mm. What uh, they? What do they smell like? <laughs> well,
3: it's it, it, it's kind of a musty smell. Uh, smell is not something uh, most people don't smell them.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: They just uh, that's something people think, but you know, I have smelled them on a couple occasions, and mm. uh, and it can be pretty bad.
2: Yeah. You know, there's something I don't understand. There's people that have searched for Bigfoot their entire life and have never actually seen one. There are television shows dedicated to people going out and trying to find the Bigfoot and still they haven't been able to document one. Do you ever wonder why you've been able to see so many of them in your lifetime and other people will go an entire life and not see one? Well...
3: one, one thing is where I've had such a resource with uh, witnesses in Murfreesboro. I had this fellow who uh, kept seeing him along the railroad track, and he says, "I think the ride in the train." And I said, "Well, you know, I didn't. I don't want to insult the guy, but I never heard of such a thing." So I went down there, and we're standing there, and the train comes by. It must have been going about 25, the 25, 35, and he says, you look in between the cars, looking look to the right, and I'll look to the left. And I mm-hmm. saw one, and it was sitting in between the cars. And, and my wife says, you know, you, you can't tell people about this. They'll think you're crazy. I said, it's too late. They already do.
2: <laughs> so what do you got to lose at that point? So right. have you ever been able to take a photo of one of these? I mean, you got to travel with a camera now. Well, the the trouble
3: is, most sightings only last four or five seconds,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and uh, you just don't you don't have time. Or if you do see one, that's not what you're thinking about when you're looking at this thing.
2: Yeah, and. I, it's, uh, it's a- it's a big world. The uh, There's an opportunity for these things to be out there. I, I'm inclined to think that there is a possibility of a Bigfoot, but it's tough when you don't have the visual evidence, and I think that would be a game-changer. Well, there's that one film that came out many years ago. I don't remember, but it's probably one of the most viewed films in all of history. Uh, do you believe that's an accurate film? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. that's right. Did that look like what you've seen, what you witnessed?
3: No, the ones I saw were thinner. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that, that has been looked at and discussed so much. And uh, uh, experts have looked at it. And uh, Bob Gimlin, who it was Patterson Gimlin film, Bob Gimlin's mm-hmm. still living. And, uh, you know, if you talk to him... Uh, you, you you come away with a different perspective. Hmm. And
2: uh, I want to know if, uh, if people had questions, is it okay if they call in and maybe we let them ask you questions about Bigfoot? Sure. Okay, so we'll open up the phone lines if anyone has a question about Bigfoot. Anything, really. 314-436-7900. You can also call 800 800- 9 2 I had a couple of questions on Facebook I'll read to you. And after the break, on your website, StanCourtney.com, you actually post audio of things that have been picked up. How about we play some of those clips, and you can describe what we're listening to after the break. Sure. So Stan Courtney's our guest this hour, an Illinois Bigfoot hunter, uh, a witness of Bigfoot. And if you've ever wanted to know about Bigfoot, give an expert a call on this one. And we'll take some right after the break on Overnight America KMOX. Listening to KMOX has never been easier.
4: Siri, play KMOX.
2: He is a Illinois Bigfoot hunter, someone that's been on the hunt for many decades. Stan Courtney joins us this hour, and he said that he will answer your questions if you want to call in at 314-436-7900 uh, or 800 Nine two five eleven twenty. 1120 We actually have some pretty good questions. People lined up ready to talk to you, Stan, if that's all right. We can start taking some calls. Sure. All right. Let's start with John, who's holding on. Welcome to Overnight America.
1: Hey, hello, Ryan. Thanks for taking my call. This is a great show. I've been wanting to listen to this for a whole week. I'm kind of excited about it. Stan, <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm kind of curious. I've done some reading about Native Americans, and this has been in their history for hundreds of years. There's, there's no doubt to them at all that they exist. Have you done any research on that or what do you think about their view or your perspective on that?
3: Um, well, you're right. It's most, most uh, cultures in the U S have stories. And, uh, my first expedition I went on with the BFRO was to, uh, the Hickorya, uh, reservation in New Mexico. And, uh, you know, you get a different different perspective for people that live closer to the land.
2: Mm. Well, you know, I noticed on your website, and you have different, like, sightings, and then you go back and you cite different newspapers where there were some people that wrote right. to the... And some of those go back to the 1800s, so it really, in this area, right. it seems like there's been a lot of different sightings. Um, a long time ago, and many different types of people have spotted... Bigfoot over this area, which is kind of fascinating. All right. Thank you for your call, John. Uh, let's go to Todd, who's holding on. Uh, welcome to Overnight America.
3: Yeah, uh, I was wondering about uh, what you saw that. Uh, well, he said he saw something in Murfreesboro. Was that by Kincaid Lake? Or uh, does he know a story about somebody seeing one in uh, Nashville, Illinois, back in like late 70s, early 80s? Hmm. Sure. Um, where my sighting was was on the railroad that was uh, several miles uh, west of Mur- Murfreesboro. I I don't know about those other sightings. Murfreesboro's had an inten- uh, an immense amount of reports, and part of that reason is because uh, one one of the early witnesses, his dad was a uh, sheriff's deputy. So anytime you get the police involved. Uh, where they see something, then that gives it gives it credibility.
2: Hmm. Do you think Bigfoot are packs, so they stay in groups and they normally stay in one region, or is it just you're, they're loners and they like to move around a lot?
3: No, I I, I think that they're ma- they're mainly family groups.
2: Hmm.
3: So if you're out and you see one, uh, there's a, there's more there's more out there, and and uh, in, in the Patterson film. Uh, Bob Gimlin told me he they felt that 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 female was not walking very fast when she was leaving them, and they thought that she was uh, maybe had other family members that she was trying uh, to lead them away from.
2: Hmm.
3: So uh, I you, you I, I think they're usually in groups.
2: Yeah. So why don't you think that, I mean, if there are animals, how come we've never come across, let's say, a body of a Bigfoot that's just laying there, deceased?
3: You know, that's probably the most often awesome question, and I, I think the the honest answer to that is they, they probably bury their dead. If if they're uh-huh. as smart as they are and do the things they do, there, there's nothing to say, no reason to say they they couldn't bury their dead.
2: Wow. All right, that's interesting. Uh let's take another call at 314-436-7900. And I'm I uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce this name. Is it uh Gaggy? Go oh, Gage, I'm sorry. Gage. Gage. Yes, like 12 gauge. Okay. Yes, sir. Gotcha. So go ahead, I'm sorry. What was your uh question?
1: Oh good. My question, Gage Blevins from Southern Illinois as well. Um you mentioned many things I've not found in my own research, uh, very amateur, uh, about the Bigfoot getting on trains and seeing them use, you know, like a crow and a man-made object to benefit themselves. I was wondering if you had ever crossed over to the Wendigo side of things, these cryptozoological creatures supposedly, you know, shapeshift into a deer or a person and camouflage and blend right in. Do you know of any cases in your studies where Bigfoot might, you know, take a hint from them or vice versa, any kind of other Bigfoot traveling by train, Bigfoot using better camouflage. I'm not sure how to phrase it, but in my
2: mind I saw there's some kind of a potential connection. Have you seen anything like that? Uh, that's interesting, Stan. Okay, so does that ring a it, bell? You
3: know, I I basically stay away uh, from from paranormal. Try to, but these animals are are not normal. Uh, I, I, there's a um, phenomenal Bigfoot people call it zapping, and we don't we don't know exactly what it is. Whether it's it's kind of like infrasound which elephants and tigers use infosounds. Uh but it's, it's not uncommon at all when people have encounters um, where, they're, where they're hit with fear, um, and, and they, they, feel, they, they just become really frightened,
4: mm-hmm.
3: and uh, it can cause paralysis. Uh, some people get the feeling they need to they need to get out of there as quickly as they can. Um, you know, as, as far as other things with with what what they change into or stuff, I I don't really know that. And I've I've probably interviewed over five hundred people because uh, there's over three hundred reports for Illinois, and and I've never had anybody discuss that. I never I've never had anybody bring that up.
2: Huh. Well, you mentioned that it's possible they bury their dead. So I guess it would be possible that they perhaps, if they've hunted other animals, they could wear clothes or camouflage or things like that, that they would be able to find in the woods.
3: Well, you know, you know, they're, it's tough because when they, they've got so much hair, uh, we're just not used to looking for that. And, uh, mm-hmm. You know, if if they're standing next to a tree, you know, they, they look like a tree. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's uh, they're really good at what they do. You don't, don't think you're going to beat them if you're out in the woods with them because you can't.
2: Um, mm. You know what I would want to do here is I want to play some sounds from your website. And I want to get your reactions to them. You can kind of tell us what we're listening to. Is that all right? Sure. Okay, so this is one of the sounds that you have on uh, stancourtney.com where you have some of your different markings and uh, sightings and sounds and such. This one's labeled Chatter 2. Okay, let's take a listen. All right. All right, then it picks back up here. All right, so that was Chatter 2. What exactly were we listening to there?
3: Okay, what I had done is I <clears throat> I leave my recorder out in the woods uh, long term, and uh, we had a feeding station where we'd put food out for them.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And we had done that for two or three years. And uh, that, that sound was kind of garbled up because there was uh, road noise or traffic somewhere. Um, and it sounds like there's two animals going back and forth, and I wasn't really convinced about it, but there's a retired, uh, retired Navy linguist from Kansas City, and I saw him at a conference, and he says, Stan, you've got, you've got some, uh, Bigfoot voices on your, on your tapes, and, uh. You know, there's some other recordings, not mine, but other people have recordings of, of mm-hmm. what sounds like they're talking back and forth. So I'm fairly I'm convinced that they, they, do, they do have a language.
2: Mm. Let me play this one. It's, it's uh, labeled Colorado Howell 6, also on the website. All right.
3: So you might have to cut that shorter.
2: You might have to do which one?
3: You might have to cut it short because it might be too long.
2: Okay, so yeah, I I cut about 20 seconds of this one. So here's the Colorado Howl 6. And there seems to be a gap of about six seconds in between the howl here. And it picks right back up. See, to me, that almost sounds like a person with a horn in the woods. Right. And
3: where where they say it was in Colorado, was it about... uh... It's about 10,000 feet, and it's about 50 miles from the nearest uh, paved road. And I had a friend who was doing research down there, and they contacted me and said, you've got to go in there and hear this thing. Uh, so we went in there. Six of us went in there, and I, I don't know if there's a, a true Bigfoot howl or not. Or whether it's all imitation, because this kind of sounds like a coyote. Uh, but we had an audio forensics expert, you know, that goes into court and testifies on uh, cases about, you know, audio stuff, and he says I can t- he he uh, he evaluated three of my different sounds, and he says I can tell you one thing, it's not a wolf. It's not a Kyle, it's not a dog. I don't know what it is, but it's not any of those animals. And uh so you you really can't prove anything with sound. I mean the only proof we're ever going to have is if we have a body on a slab. Mm. Uh most people m- people don't want to see that. But but as far as science, that's what what it's going to take. Mm.
2: When You um, you know what, how about when we come back, uh, I'm going to read some questions from the Internet, and then some of the people on Facebook had questions. I'll play some more audio. And if anyone listening now wants to call in and ask a question to our Bigfoot expert, Stan Courtney, you can at 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. We'll do that right after the weather. And if you wanted to look at some of these for yourself, Got a website, StanCourtney.com. We'll be right back with him on Overnight America KMOX.
0: We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. News Radio 1120, KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals.
2: Welcome back. It's Overnight America. And this hour, we're talking to a Bigfoot expert from Illinois, someone that has done a lot of Bigfoot hunting, sightings, audio, all the things you would expect. Stan Courtney, thanks for spending this time with us tonight. Oh, it's fun. You posted some audio on your website. You have an awful lot of Bigfoot sounds at stancourtney.com let me play one for you real quick this is whoop one all right so whoop what exactly do you think is going on when you hear something like that
3: uh <laughs> that that's one difficult question is what are these things thinking and what are they doing
4: mm-hmm.
3: uh the neat thing about a whoop is there's not too many other animals that can be confused with that,
4: mm-hmm.
3: and and they I've had them do that when I would come in an area kind of as a as a uh, hello we know you're coming type deal yeah. yeah. because it like like my research area I've probably been there 200 times and they know me and they know I'm not I'm not really hunting them I'm just walking around. Um, but, but whoops are common, and uh, they can be really loud.
2: Yeah. Well, let's uh, take a call. Ron is holding on. Welcome to Overnight America, Ron. Oh, hi there. <coughs> hi, there.
1: Mm-hmm. hi there, Ryan. Yeah, I, I've been outdoorsman all my life, camping and everything else. I've never seen anything all, all over America. My observation and question would be this. Uh, a body, a carcass laying out the woods will be devoured by animals pretty soon. Animals sniff that out. It's gone, they eat it, even the, the bones could be gone and gnawed away. Uh, my question would be if he sets up an audio setup, why doesn't he set up a camera setup like deer hunters do and put out the bait and see what you catch on a video camera?
2: Hmm. Okay, well, that's a good question. So, why not accompany some of these different audio recorders with uh, videos, motion sensors?
3: Right, that, that's an excellent question, and typically, if you put up game cams, you won't have any activity. There, there are a few pictures off of game cams, but typically they don't go in that area anymore. They know they're there, and uh, and and the same way with uh, if you're having trouble around your place where you think you have activity at your home, you you put up a camera and it, the activity stops. Mm. They they do not want to get their picture taken. I'm not saying they know what that camera is, but they know it's an eye and it's pointing at them. And and years ago, they know they know that those put out a big flash, and uh, they do not like light. You know the number number one weapon against a sasquatch is a flashlight because so they do not like to be see- they don't they don't like that light.
2: Wow. I wonder how would they even know it's there? If you have these things concealed, it's night vision or whatever, and these cameras, you know, they're trying to catch deer, so they're not really flashing lights or anything. How would they even know that some of this technology has pointed their way? Or how do they even know if someone is looking at them if they haven't spotted that person?
3: Well, they have to be really, really well hidden. It's, it's kind of like if, if, if you're at work and I come into your living room and I put up a game cam, when you come home, you're going to see it. And I can guarantee you, they know their they know their territory, and if you've been there, they they know it. And uh,
2: hmm. it's, I wonder it's, how many they, uh, people listening right now are looking around at their ceilings and thinking, "I wonder if I would notice if someone put a camera in here, and how long would it be before right. I would notice this thing sitting right. on the ceiling?" <laughs> Do you do you think the Bigfoot realize that people are trying to find them? Do you think they know that they're they're uh, they're sought after?
3: I, I think they do. Yeah. I, I think they do, and 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 they get to you know if you go to the same area all the time, they get to know you, and they can if you get out of your car and you're in full camouflage gear and hunting gear, they know what a hunter is. And that, that's one thing that we do we do like to uh, do is is take girls with us. If you take women with you out in the woods, uh, I mean, there are women hunters, don't get me wrong, but if you take two or three girls with you and say, you know, you guys just talk freely, chatter, do whatever, these squatches, they're more attracted to that. And and they don't think it's a bunch of guys out hunting them if, if it's... Uh, People
2: just talking when they're walking. <laughs> so, I can imagine. I'm laughing because I'm thinking you put a ad out on Craigslist. I'm looking for two women I can use as bait in the woods for a sasquatch. Well, there there uh,
3: are a lot <laughs> lot of girls that are uh, researchers.
2: I see. Uh, what's the field look like? How many people do you know of in the circle that research Bigfoot?
3: Oh, it's 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 really. Uh, it's a large amount. And they, the BFRO has these expeditions. I'm not sure how many they have a year, maybe 30 or 40, and, and, and they're usually full. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I always I, I, I try to have somebody with Well, at night I always have somebody with me. Mm-hmm. And it, it's nice to always have somebody because then you've got another person to say, uh, did you see what I saw?
2: Hmm. witness yeah someone that could right. uh, confirm you're not seeing things because i'm guessing right. when you go out to a certain area and you're specifically looking for something there'll be some false positives you think you saw something because you know your mind right. was telling you to find uh, something
3: i had a, a fellow from southern illinois that wanted me to come out and and uh, we did some wood knocks now wood knocks is just where you knock on pieces of wood and squatches make this sound that sounds like wood knocking, and they really respond to it because they can't tell if it's a person or not. If you're 400 yards away from them and they hear that, they they're not sure. Yeah. And uh, we thought we had something behind us, and uh, the guy thought he saw it. And uh, I said, "Well, we'll we'll find the footprints in the morning." They were 26 and a half inches long. Wow, which, as far as I know, is is the largest foot east of the mississippi and and i had contact with guys in oklahoma and they said stan that thing was 13 feet tall we've seen them here in oklahoma uh with that size of foot and they're 13 feet and uh you know i i can comprehend seven foot because you know we got ball players that are seven foot uh but 13 that's 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 beyond reason.
2: See, that's what I don't understand, too, because you you talk about some of these different Olympic athletes. When Michael Phelps talked about his diet because he was swimming all the time, it was insane the amount of calories. He had to eat like 20,000, 30,000 calories a day just to maintain or whatever. So when I think about a beast that is that large, wouldn't you notice that all the wildlife is disappearing in a certain area just in order to try to keep up with the, the caloric intake they would need to stay alive?
3: Yeah, my only answer is, I guess it's it's deer, and they're probably eating the whole thing. Hmm. You know, they're probably eating the bones.
2: Yeah. You think they eat bones? Wow. Well, I mean,
3: mean, we used to eat a lot of bone marrow ourselves, so.
2: Yeah. Uh, Let me play one other audio clip for you. And this is, uh, let's see, Illinois Howell. Okay, here's the Illinois Howell. all right to me that almost sounds like a wolf or a dog what's the story yeah. behind that one
3: you know you know you know what's interesting about these animals is a lot of times their sounds it almost sounds like it's a uh, uh, somebody yelling through a pipe
4: mm-hmm. it sounds
3: it sounds horn-like to me
4: mm-hmm.
3: and uh what, what's interesting is you go on my website and there's four or five of those Illinois howls and they all have the same pattern. Mm-hmm. They do two or three loud yells, but they all start off at the beginning and they all go, ooh. And then they give these three loud yells and then there's a long pause and then they do one at the end. I mean, tiles huh. don't howl in patterns.
2: Yeah, I guess that's true. So do you practice those in case you encounter one that you would try to communicate (laughs) with? No, no. (laughs) All right, so I hope that we could go one more segment after the break, and if there's anyone else that's listening that wanted to ask a question to our Bigfoot expert here, Stan Courtney, 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. Uh, any question that you have go ahead and call it ask if you're skeptical you want to know these things do it too uh, because you know that just ask any question it's we'll we'll do that right after the break on Overnight America KMOX
0: This is Overnight America sponsored by Michaels Flooring the flooring experts michaelsflooringoutlet.com on KMOX All right, so last segment
2: with our guest, Stan Courtney. He's an Illinois Bigfoot hunter. Some of the local sightings and things we've talked about the last hour. We open up things to you. If you have any questions for Stan, you can give us a call at 314-436-7900. And Samuel's holding on. Welcome to Overnight America.
1: Hi, how are you? Good. So I have a question. What would be the best time of year or weather to go out and look for Bigfoot at all? Hmm.
3: <clears throat> well, you know, when I, when I like to go out is uh, the, the, the first of April when the lasers start coming back on, because then they'll come in closer. If they if they can see a long distance, they're not going to get close to you. And uh, around here, uh, around the middle of July, the the uh, Katy did start in at night, and it's so loud you can't hear anything. Hmm. And. Uh, but but in reality, any time of year, because there are sightings year round.
2: Hmm. Okay. So does
1: he take breaks on like Christmas and stuff too? or
2: <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Thank you, Samuel. Yeah, do they, they celebrate holidays? <laughs> I think they do. Oh, you think so? Well, if they're a family grouping you mentioned, you think that yeah. there has to be some significant dates. You know, it's weird to think there's the social aspect because whenever you hear about these things, you only hear about one at a time.
3: Right, right. I'll I tell you, I, I know there's a big social because my, my first big experience, uh, I used to live up near Springfield, Illinois, where I got that Illinois howl, and uh, I was not recording yet, and uh, I was going to go down to the creek after dark, and I got roared at, and this thing sounded like a hundred men, perfect voice. Unison. And it, ju- it just literally roared. Hmm. And I'll tell you what, I didn't go down to the creek.
2: Is there a so, time uh, of the day that's more active to see them? Is it like at sunset or something like that?
3: Well, I, actually, I, I think about two hours before dark hmm. and two hours after daybreak.
4: Hmm. They're, they're still active.
3: You know, but th- yeah. there's been sightings day and night. Um,
2: what? Um, uh, well, how strong do you think these things are? Because some people said that they are incredibly strong; they could lift Buicks if they wanted to. So, what, what do you think about their strength?
3: Yeah, I think it's immense. You know, if you even if you look at the female in the Patterson film, and I think that she was only like six and a half feet tall, but when you look at them, you have to realize. Not only are they so much taller, but they're wider, you know, east-west and north-south. You know, they're, they're, it's not like they're twice as big. It's like they're eight times as big. Hmm. So I think they could easily weigh over 1,000 pounds. And there are stories about them pulling uh, uh, fence posts or uh, gate posts that were concreted in the ground, pulling those out. Mm. Uh, one, one thing I, I, I did want to mention real quick is one of the big things I do is, uh, other than the sound recording, is to uh, broadcast sound mm-hmm. uh, because uh, sometimes they they are very responsive uh, to sound at night.
2: Oh, so they may actually listen to this radio program, is what you're saying?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> that, but they, yeah, if you if you if you. I'm not telling people to do this because I don't want them to get mad at me, but that, that Illinois howl, that gets a response. They'll oh. re- sometimes they'll respond immediately to it.
2: Have you ever found hair or anything like that, physical evidence that's, that you've taken and had analyzed?
3: A- Actually, uh, Chatham, which is near Springfield, uh, we got blood out of a drain spout on a house. And uh, the scientists claimed they got a complete DNA sequence out of it. Hmm. There there was three of them in that project that they got complete sequence. And uh, it was nice because the blood, this this animal had bit this uh, drain spout because there was a squirrel ran up it. And uh, so it cut itself so all the blood is inside that drain spout. But you but you could humans couldn't contaminate it from the outside. Mm. So uh so that's the best I've done. I don't have any I've never gotten any video or anything. You know, if I ha, if I'd have had a GoPro years ago and been wearing it, I could have.
2: Mm. One day. One day, uh, your time has not come for the video evidence, but Stan Courtney, your website is stancourtney.com. Thank you so much for spending an hour talking about your Bigfoot encounters in Illinois and across the country. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's,
3: it's fun.
2: And if you wanted to listen to some of those different sounds or read more about sightings in the area, things like that, he's got links to them on his website at stancourtney.com. That's real fascinating. Uh, He joins us on the Bomberito Automotive Group guest line. Easy place for you to go find those. All right. Uh, Coming up next hour, I needed someone to explain to me the whole Oprah interview with the Royals because I don't pay attention to it nor do I care too much about it. So Trish Gazelle from our sister station, K-E-Z-K, will be coming up after the break. It's Overnight America, KMOX.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.